You're listening to The Dirt on Dating with your host, Noah Scott. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating Show. I'm Noah Scott, and today's guest is a regional HIV educator and sexual health advocate living in Chicago, Illinois. Originally from a small town in Indiana, his journey to find love as a gay man in the Midwest has been full of ups and downs. However, it has helped him to find love in many places, including himself. Welcome to the show, everyone. We've got Caleb joining us today. Caleb, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, that's uh, so let's talk about this. Give a little background besides obviously just your journey in a small town and everything, but just for the listeners out there that don't know you, give us some background into you and and your current relationship status. Yeah. So uh, again, my name's Caleb Gossett. The way I spell it is K-A-L-O-B. So through my whole life, everyone's called me Kalab as well, which is perfectly fine. I go by that. I am from a small town in Indiana called Muncie, which the only thing people would probably know is Ball State University is there. Other than that, not much. And then I moved out of there, went to Indianapolis for quite a few years to get my bachelor's and master's, and then moved to Chicago almost two years, actually, on October 5th. That's coming up. And so I've been in HIV for about six years now, and I I moved here to continue to do that sort of work, and it's been really amazing. And I would say as far as me, to get me know me personally, one time someone labeled me as aggressively optimistic. And so I've always ran with that because I really identify with that. I feel like I'm always the person who can find a silver lining in almost any situation. And I am always that person when you go out, I'm the drunk girl in the bathroom that people make fun, that make friends with, that you just met and you're like, oh my God, we're going to be best friends for the rest of the time. And then you don't know them. Like you just forget. Um, <laughs> I'm that person. <laughs> nice. That's, I think that's great to, to, to always bring you along as in a, in a group then. So tell us a story of this, this time when the aggressively optimistic side of you, how that related to dating. And I'm sure it has a big part in the way you meet people and the type of people you meet. So maybe share a story of how you met somebody and how that aggressively optimistic side of you. Yeah. As far as my optimism goes, I think when it comes to optimism versus positivity, people conflate the two or put them together, which like that does naturally happen. But I think my optimism when it's, I always think someone's going, something's going to work out. Like there will be some other forces, whether it's myself or external that are going to make sure we're going to get to where we need to go. But and on the side of like positivity, I have to actively work to be positive. And, and especially in these times now where it seems like the, the world is literally on fire. And that has come out in my dating life because I think for me, whenever I've been single, if something doesn't work out or if I've been rejected or anything along those lines, my mentality is always, there's another one. There's always fish in the sea. And so it really guided me through that as especially after I came out I and got more confidence just naturally in who in my sexuality and who I am and really bloomed more into who I am too, that really helped me into that. And so far, I've only had three serious boyfriends in my dating career, if you will, thus far. Uh, and the first one that I had, I actually was in the closet for the entire relationship in which that wow. was a big strain on the relationship. Because if you're not really confident in yourself, how are you supposed to really give love, support, and everything that's needed in a relationship to someone else? And 
And so to preface this, I guess I've met all three of my boyfriends and let's say, like Rihanna said, finding love in a hopeless place. My first two boyfriends I met in Panama City Beach on spring break, which is, if you've ever been there, it's crazy and you wouldn't think that you're going to find love there. Uh, And like I said, in the first one, I was completely in the closet and long story short, he made a move on me and I just went with it. And I, we spent a lot of time during that spring break, getting to know each other, sneaking away from our groups because we were both in the closet to meet up on the beach and mess around and have a good time. And that lasted for about six months. We went to different colleges, so the distance was hard. And then we went through those six months. And like I said, being in the closet, there was a lot of friction there. But uh, it ended up being that he ended up cheating on me Mm. with someone And so that is always awful. But I think that, and here's the optimism, I think it definitely helped build me into who I am because it helped me identify that's a person I don't want to be with. And I was able to identify, I don't think I want to be in the closet either because I don't like who I am and I want to give myself to somebody. And the person he cheated on me with, actually, they didn't know about me either. So I guess they were getting cheated on. And that actually led me to my next boyfriend. Because that guy was the roommate of my next boyfriend, who I met again in Panama City Beach the next year. And I was still in the closet at that time. And I was texting the guy that we cheated on each other, whatever, that individual. And he said that his roommate wanted to meet me. And so I was had a lot of liquid courage that day and went over to their hotel. We hooked up. And I ended up staying with them for four days. I completely left my group, again, still closeted at this moment, so couldn't tell them where I was going or why I left. And so I just was like, every other like day, I was just like, oh, I'm fine. I'm alive. It's okay. And they just let that happen, which is questionable <laughs> judgment on my friend's part. But I was spending all this time with this guy that I was really into, and I definitely would say that it was a, a love at first sight sort of situation. We just really clicked. And he was out and I loved that confidence. And again, I had realized like being in the closet and like hating myself wasn't something I wanted to do anymore. And so once a few months went by, I, we made it official and I decided that I was going to come out with him because I, he was providing me some confidence now. And I was in a fraternity at the time, which we weren't stereotypical fraternity like you see in the movies, like party, blah, blah, blah. Like we were actually very academically focused. But we did have parties, don't get me wrong. And so I thought it was a great idea to come out to my entire fraternity and pretty much a lot of my college by bringing him to the party. It went well, but it was questionable. And I was really just, I was really banging on that this was going to go well. And thankfully it did. I remember giving some, one of my best friends a heads up and was like, hey, my boyfriend's coming. And like mid beer pong throw, he turns to me and he's like, okay, <laughs> this doesn't have any, it has no words. And then, yeah. And then, so he comes to the party and I introduce him to people. You can, it's like whispers start going throughout the entire party. Some girls cried and left. Oh, and I hate, and I hate to admit that because it sounds very like egotistical and pretentious, but I later learned probably like a year or two later that a girl was brought to the party actually to hook up with me. Like her sorority sister was trying to set us up 
And then she was like, how dare you? He's gay. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> and so she was so embarrassed. And then some other girls apparently had some infatuation with me and also left. But all in all, it went really well. And that relationship, like I said, this is only boyfriend number two. And I'm currently dating boyfriend number three. I was with boyfriend number two for six years. We eventually got engaged. Mm. Uh, like we said, I came out with him and... Within six years, like you do a lot of growth, a lot of changing. And like I said, I'm coming on two years. We moved to Chicago together as well. We got a dog together. Very much, if you will, like heteronormative like goals. Like you're doing all this stuff together and everything was really great. And I loved almost every minute of it. Like those were some of the best six years of my life because that's when I really flourished into not only who I am, but also the HIV educator and advocate that I am today as well. And he was amazing in supporting me in that. And I think what I realized, because I actually was the one to break it off as well, when we got to Chicago, and this is a a scoop for you, because I don't think I've ever talked about this to a stranger. I think I've only talked about this in my circles. And so it just got to a point where we were growing apart and we were becoming different people. And that it wasn't that I stopped loving him. That was one of my best friends. He helped me make me who I am. And, but I, it just got to a point where I it had to admit to myself that it wasn't working. And so I, I called that off and we had to really do some of the, the struggles of untangling each other mm-hmm. from our lives. And overall, it didn't end too. I think both of us could have done some better things to maybe have a relationship today. And I wish we would have, but you can't change the past. And, but I will never wish anything ill on him, especially anything that was said or done, whatever. Like I made that decision not only because I needed to be happy, but I want him to be happy as well. And boyfriend number three, about a year after that relationship had ended, I mean, I did a lot of soul searching into, okay, I, I need to be happy with me. And I can't be relying on someone else to provide me all that happiness because if they are gone again, then I'm I'm depleted. I have no source of happiness. And I don't think I don't think we should be doing that. I don't think that's fair to ourselves as well as the other people. And so through a year I did a lot of soul searching and I eventually was like, you know what, I'm gonna go on a date. And so I downloaded I was on the apps already and I don't even know how, but hinge was recommended to me. Yeah. And so I went through and I was swiping, chatting, whatever, doing all the stuff. And so I eventually landed on the sky and we matched and talked and everything went well. And we went on a date and that was back in January. So before everything got crazy in March and everything shut down and we went on that date and it was, it felt really good. Like we, we just clicked on everything that we were talking about. We laughed most of the date and I, before even ended, I was like, I'm going on another date with this guy. And a few months go by, what, from January to March, and everything starts shutting down. And things are going so well with this guy. And I'm just like, is this going to screw everything up? What am I supposed to do? And we had a very deep conversation about if we want to make this work, we're going to make it work. And for a while, we went just to FaceTime. We would watch movies like at the same time, like hit play at the same time. So we could watch them like together. And so... We made it official on May 31st. And so now we're going on four months. And he's honestly everything that I've been looking for. And I'm really happy right now, which I don't think a year ago 
I could have said the same thing or, and I, there were times where I didn't even think it was going to be possible to get here because mm. it's been such a journey. Wow. Congratulations. And so are you living together now or is it still, are you still doing the long distance thing? No, we don't live together. We have our own apartment, but coincidentally when, so when my ex moved out, my best friend was moving to Chicago and I was like, I have an open room. And so now when I live with one of my best friends. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So I love the transition and the soul searching that you, you touched on earlier. And, and this idea of that in a relationship with time, you both grow at different paces and you become different people than when you started the relationship. If, if you could speak for a moment, um, just maybe share a story of your biggest struggle with relationships in general in just like that you can be the, the real raw truth about that. Like what, yeah. what's the thing that you seem that you've found in the past that you've struggled the most with? I think in my, it's not even just dating. I think for the longest time I was putting others needs before my own. And, and again, in every facet of my life, I, I was a, and I would say I'm still a people pleaser. And I think what I learned through my last breakup and doing some of that soul searching and coming to terms with how things are right now and what we need to improve, I realized like, what is, what is the phrase? You can't fill someone else's glass with when your glass is empty. And that was something so hard, especially working in public health and being an advocate for sexual health and an HIV educator. It's very focused on helping other people. And so it felt very foreign to me to be like, I've got to, I need to do what's best for me. Caleb yeah. needs to be number one. Like it, it was a shift in mentality. And I think what I came to understand is with that glass analogy is that it's okay to be selfish. Some we have to, because we have to live with ourselves and any of the feelings that are going on in any of those thoughts that are happening too. Like we have to deal with those things because the more that we push them aside, they're just going to come back stronger later on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so before we start wrapping up, I, I do feel that it's appropriate to ask you uh, as an HIV educator, as someone with doing the classes, being the advocate, what can you share with our audience about HIV? What is something that you teach frequently that you and everyone listening to be aware of? That everyone should know their status, regardless of what your sexuality is, how many partners. You should always know your status. You should get tested for HIV and other STDs, STIs. Because especially when it comes to HIV right now, it is still a big issue. And I don't think we talk about it as much or hear about it as much as because it's not fatal any longer. We've made a lot of advances and that's amazing. But still we have on about 40,000 new cases in the U.S. alone every year. And one in seven people in the U.S. who are HIV positive don't know that they have it. And so not only are they allowing it to progress to potentially fatal stages if it's not caught, but they're also potentially spreading it to other people. And so that's why if everyone can confirm that they are HIV negative, that they don't have it by getting tested periodically and frequently, then we'll, that's going to make a huge impact on stopping the spread of it. And we could be the generation that eliminates it. We have all the tools, not only with testing, but with PrEP and PEP, those pills you can take and prevention methods. And we also, if you do become HIV positive, like I said, it is a manageable disease now. And so you can become what is known as undetectable. Mm -hmm. And that means that so you have such little amounts of HIV in your body 
that you can't give it to someone else. Studies have shown that it is untransmittable if you can stay undetectable. Wow. And so what's, uh, what's in the docket for the future of just sexual health in general? I think PrEP is really booming right now. And so for anyone that may not know what PrEP is, it's a, currently it's a once a day pill that you can take to prevent yourself from getting HIV. So think the birth control of HIV. And so I think what, and I use that analogy uh, specifically because I think we're going to see it go the way of birth control where we have multiple options, multiple forms of it, because they're already testing different doses of the pills at different times, maybe not every day, maybe two, and then two after you have sex. They're doing testing an injection that you get every two months when you go to the doctor. And so I think we're just going to continue to see some of those advancements. And obviously, they're still working towards an HIV vaccine and cure. So depending on how those studies go, those, those things might be coming out in the next five to 10 years as well. Fantastic. And, and final question, uh, something I always love to ask on the show, as we all go through stuff in life, and I think that there are hard times and there, especially when it comes to relationships, sometimes we're going in blind. We're just flying by the seat of our pants. And yeah. we occasionally get the, the wisdom of either someone who's been there before to, to share some advice, or we get a friend that's looking out for us. And if you could share a story of a time that you were going through something rough, either dating, you were, you were hitting a wall, maybe you weren't getting good matches, maybe you were just like, you were dressing like a scrub, or maybe you just had some conflict in your relationship. Take us to a time where you got some advice from someone else and what that advice was. It could be a relationship mm. book. It could be a, a podcast. It could even just be a buddy. Oh, okay. Yes. Actually, and I have it right here because I didn't know if it would come up. In Let's say the in-between time of where I was realizing my past relationship wasn't really working out. I was really... That's a very hard process. And so I was definitely getting very depressed as well. I'm very down on myself where the aggressive, optimistic person getting depressed is very, it was very odd, you could tell. And so someone pointed me to this book, um, which is called You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. And so this isn't only for dating, but it's like all around holistic. And uh, it's by Jen Sincero. And that's what it looks like. And so it really is goes through everything as far as potential barriers or things that are keeping you from getting your highest potential. Like we procrastinate, we tell ourselves we're not good enough. Something seems too hard. So we don't even try it. Uh, we avoid that vulnerability. And, and we societally said that vulnerability is a bad thing because when you're vulnerable, you're going to get hurt. But some of the best things that we experience only come when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And that's really what dating is. You, it, it, you are putting yourself out there and risking the rejection, or you're also risking finding the love of your life. So you really just have to put yourself out there. And so I really recommend this book. This is my second time reading through it because it's definitely a great reminder. And I love that when you get to a certain part of the book, every chapter ends with a little reminder about loving yourself. And again, I some great advice that I'm not sure exactly where it came from, but I read it or heard TED Talk. And if you love yourself so much, let's say like at 100%, when you do find that person you're interested in, they're going to have to work over 100% to love you and make you feel loved because you've already filled that glass. And so why not have that? Absolutely. 
such beautiful advice and, and really appreciate the, the insights on just not only just connection and, and intimacy, but also the update on sexual health and, and HIV and just really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, Caleb. And before we go, how do people stay in touch with you and, and follow your journey? So you can find me on pretty much any social media besides Facebook. I actually deleted that recently. Um, but it's just my name, Caleb Gossett, K-A-L-O-B-G-O-S-S-E-T-T. Um, Insta, Twitter, TikTok recently, which I've loved. Um, and so there's pretty much only one Caleb Gossett. So I think you'll find me quickly. Cool. Take care. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe, talk dirty, and we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.